Hello, Pinebrook, and our fellow golfers around the world. Thank you for taking the time to listen to all or, or part of podcast number three. This is Keith Barber, your golf podcast host. Groundbreaking show today. I'm going to introduce a program that is going to, I guarantee, change your golf for the better. So, and keep in mind, we're like two months away from golf season. I mean, you know, I, I recognize that we can go out there with, with the temporary tees and greens and, and all of that, which, you know, as it turns out, has just been used as overflow for people that couldn't get times on the indoor simulators. But it's still nice to have that. But, but I'm, I'm not really counting that as, as regular golf season. But we are, we are getting close. Now is the time to prepare. And I want to roll out today... For you, Atomic Golf. Now, my wife likes to get me, quite often really, these, these self-help books, these ways to, to make you a better person. And, maybe, and even as I say that, it gives me a cause for, for pause, really. But she likes to get me these books. And, and some of them, I, I must admit, I, I haven't read all of them. But she got me one recently. Um called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it is really, really good. The, the gist of it, in, and I say the gist, I think, pretty sure this is what the book's about because I'm only like seven pages into it, but it really struck me. And it, it even says on the cover, tiny changes, remarkable results. Tiny changes, remarkable results. And as I often do, I kind of related that back to golf because I'm, I'm not a doctor or anything. So I related that back to golf and I, I started to think about it and I am coming up with Atomic Golf and I am so excited about it. And, and here's what I started to think. Now, now what James Clear is, is, is saying, you can't hit you know, five run home runs in baseball, or you can't get, lose 20 pounds in two days. You, things take small incremental steps, but they make amazing changes with remarkable results over time. So here's how I started to think about it. I thought, okay, if I was a 20 handicap and I wanted to become a 10 handicap, what would be the process? that I would go through to do that. And there are, so I, you know, started to break it down. There are five, well, four and a half, I'm going to call it four and a half components to your golf game. They are the mental side, the physical side, course management, and swing technique. So if there are four components four and a half, but we'll deal with the other one last. If there are four components and each of them account for a quarter of my total golf game, then each of those is worth 25%. So now I break it down and I say, okay, if I'm a 20 handicap, my mental handicap is probably around five. My physical handicap, the same and, and so on for all four categories. If I got 1% better at each of those over a five-month period, 
Now, I'm a product of Ohio public schools, but I'm pretty sure my math is good here. So if I got 1% better, if it's 5.1% is 0.5 over five months is two-ish. Now I've actually cut my handicap in half over a five-month period. I told you this was groundbreaking by focusing and making small incremental changes to each component that makes up my golf game. So we're going to, well, at least I'm going to commit to getting 1% better over a five-month period, 1% better each month in each category. Now that's a small change. All right, so here's how we're going to go about it. I'm going to break it down a little bit. So again, Atomic Golf, 1% better in each category over a five-month period. You with me? Part one of our, of our four pillars of the golf swing, the mental side. Now, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, number one, I don't hold myself out to be an expert. I simply defer. Uh, you know, as most of you know, or a lot of you know, Vision 54, I think, does outstanding work. Um, Lynn Marriott and P.N. Nielsen, and I, I really hope to get them out to Pinebrook when this whole, like, pandemic thing is over. But I, I just think they do amazing work in how you can prepare and breathe and, and visualize and just take stress away from your body as you're playing golf. And, and stress is such a killer. Like even like I get like terrified standing on the first tee. What's everyone going to think they're watching me and, and all of that stuff. So the way we approach those things are really, really important. I mean, it's just a game. We ought to be having a lot of fun at it. So I'm going to make that, you know, I can't make anything required reading, but I'm going to really, really highly suggest that everybody check out some of their stuff prior to the beginning of the season. Okay, the second pillar, physical ability. Now, I don't mean that you need to be able to bench press 350 pounds like I do or, or anything like that. What I'm suggesting is the golf swing, is it, it's a sport. It requires flexibility, mobility. I mentioned touching my toes earlier. Um, hip flexion, lots of words I don't even understand. And again, I'm not a physical trainer. Uh, I am a, a TPI certified professional. And the, like the number one indicator of your ability and your body's preparedness to play golf is an overhead deep squat. Now, kind of got a smile there. I'm picturing everyone trying to do an overhead deep squat right now. But hey, I'm not even sure I could do it. But I know at one point I used to be able to. And here's what I would say about physical conditioning. If we do just a little bit, and, and really I'm talking more about stretching, yoga, flexibility, hip flexors, you know, ankle stability, all of those little things. And, and I'm not suggesting anybody spend five hours a day in a gym. It's only a, you know, a hobby, golf. But if we do little things, I think there's little things we can do while we're watching TV, that help create more, which which we do a lot of actually, which can help your dramatically help your golf game. So again, if we got one percent better at those things over a five month period, lasting results can occur. So my take on it: you don't have to get in great shape to play golf, and you don't have to be able to to do all of the moves that. Rory and all of the, you know, Michelle Wee and all these people can do. They have whole teams around them. 
But if you don't do anything to stretch and get ready and prepare your body, then you do give up the right to complain about how you played, which is which is a stark reality. So, but that's kind of a built-in excuse. How'd you play? Didn't play very well. Did you stretch? No, uh, not your fault. So that's how I would, let's just do little bits at a time. See a professional, tell them you want to start stretching and getting ready or improve your stretching and getting ready or strength or whatever the individual case may be to have a dynamic 1% change. Block number three, course management. And remember, we only have to get 1% better over five months to have a massive cumulative effect on our golf scores. So course management, and I'm, I'm really, and I would encourage everybody, if you have not listened to Mark Brody or Scott Fawcett, they, they I, you know, well, I've been walking the dog in quarantine. I've been listening to some of their podcasts. Really, really amazing stuff. And I'm looking into some apps that um, strokes gained is really where I'm going with this. So let's take this 20 handicap that we've been talking about. You can go to the range and practice driver all you want, but that's probably not the area that is going to do the most good for your actual score. So the strokes gain concept is you chart your game all the way through. And again, there's some apps and I'm going to be doing some research on this and, and make some recommendation. But you could, let's say you're that 20 and you want to be the 10 that we're talking about. You can chart your scores around the golf course and you can start to calculate where your strengths and weaknesses are relative to the 10 handicap that you want to become. So, you know, a lot of times I see people will go to the driving range and, and practice drivers or hybrids or, or whatever the case may be when really they're giving up an inordinate amount of shots compared to the 10 handicap from a 50 yard and in range. So this helps us isolate and figure out where we really need to spend our quality time practicing. I always say practice your weaknesses. The easiest thing to do is go hit shots that we really like, but the hardest thing to do is go work on our weaknesses. Now, they also, these, these podcasts, um, Brody and Fawcett, they really talk a lot about dispersion and just a, you know, course management type application. So, you know, some of you, I've told you this story before, but the third hole has been my milieu for, for you notice the accent on that. That was pretty cool for somebody from Ohio. But for, for years, the third hole just was the bane of my existence. And, and it was, it got to the point where it was really embarrassing. You know, I would, that was the hole I would stand on. Like, I don't have a shot here. I, it, I'm not going to be able to play this hole. And, and a lot of times, and as you know, I play golf with members most of my rounds. So, you know, if you have a caddy, and I remember this, it was so embarrassing. So the caddy, he left the second green, and we started walking back to the, the um, third tee, and I realized I didn't have an extra ball in my pocket. And I had to actually yell back down the fairway for him to throw me a golf ball. How embarrassing is that? I don't, that thing is like 100 yards wide, but I just know or knew that I couldn't get a driver in play there. So one day it hits me. I start to think about it. And this was like groundbreaking, revolutionary. Why not hit a four iron? And 
I mean, I went literally two years without putting a ball in play on that hole on my first tee ball, and then I switched to a forehand. I got to tell you, I will have to figure it out, but from a strokes game perspective or from a course management perspective, I bet I shaved at least a half a stroke, one stroke off my average on that hole every single time I played. And it from was just not being stupid. Okay, I don't have this shot. Hit something that you can do. So, so again, I want to start getting more into and thinking about, and I would really encourage you to listen to Mark Brody and Scott Fawcett, and let's start doing some strokes gained calculations individually to see where we can really make a difference both in our practice and our course management. Pillar number four and the one nearest and dearest to my heart, the golf swing. Making changes to a golf swing requires commitment. And, and when, you know, if I look at my golf swing and then I put up like Tiger Woods or Annika Sorenstam or something like that, I'm like, man, there is no way I'm ever going to swing a golf club like that. And it can become daunting. You know, I'm just like, well, you know what, I'll just watch Netflix so or bowl or something like that but the point is I can make little changes along the way and the the winter studio is just fabulous with the technology we have in there and all you can just pick out little things you're like oh well that explains that so and you can you can do something about it small little changes so again and there's all sorts of different things my my sense is that you know, working for the most part from 75 yards and in and becoming really proficient with that for most of us would have huge benefits. The studio is a phenomenal place to do that. Small technique changes, um, you know, even looking up some random stuff on YouTube. I will caution you, there's some, some scary things out there and some things that can cause real harm. But, you know, Google 50-yard pitch shot and bunker play and see how some of the best players and instructors, you know, look at those things. So we can all do, you know, obviously I've culled from the very best and that's what you get in the winter studio, only the best and most applicable things that work and have stood the test of time. But, you know, that's, that's the way I would approach golf swings. It, it's, you know, you have to have some ability, but it, 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 it is probably no more or less important than the other four pillars. I can have a great golf swing and have bad timing. I can have a great golf swing and have just a horrible mental approach. I can I can have a great golf swing and try to hit, uh, you notice how I keep saying I can have a great golf swing, but I can try to hit three wood out of deep rough and it just, you know, so it's a combination of all four pillars. So that's, that is atomic golf in a nutshell examine the four pillars and I did I did say to you that there was four and a half equipment plays a large role in it I think we we happen to have uh, you know Tim's on staff has a has, is just excellent at, at fitting clubs and every now and then I would check in with him to see if your equipment could be if there's anything out there that can help you out a little bit. I think, you know, for me, I've added more loft to my driver, softened the shaft a little bit. Um, okay, yeah, one could say I'm acquiescing to age, but, you know, I don't have any pride. I'm just trying to shoot lower golf scores, and and I think that's great. Now, 
they have proven and obviously own a retail golf shop. One thing to keep in mind with equipment, um, it, the more expensive it is, the, the better it performs. So keep that in mind as you kind of go through the selections. But there is our four and a half pillars of the golf swing, of the game of golf. And we here today vow to get 1% better at each per month over the next five months. And somehow the math is going to work out that, that I'm not even sure I did that right earlier. I'm beginning to question it, but we are going to get better. Okay. And as always, the most highly anticipated portion of each podcast, trivia results. Did not fool many people last week with the, with the American classics that I threw down there um, or put out there, the clips from the classic, classic movies. We had uh, The Big Lebowski, Blues Brothers, Airplane, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and, and the only one that tripped some people up, I was a little shocked at this, Stripes was a couple people threw in Ghostbusters, which... I guess is is understandable, and I am not certainly not going to call them out here on the show. But um, anyway, most people saw those, so stay tuned uh, for the next uh, for the next video to come out. That'll have our next trivia contest, and the winner this week is Lisa Green. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Let me know if you have any questions, and uh, remember, spring's right around the corner.